Hi, this is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater. I'd like to welcome you to this preview episode of Clusterfuck, our upcoming new audio drama podcast launching April 1st. Clusterfuck is the story of Violet, a psychologist in training struggling to navigate through young adulthood and a challenging master's program at a prestigious university. People are the most interesting thing in the world to her, and she wants nothing more than to understand them. If she helps someone along the way, cool. The catch? Violet just might be a sociopath. When Violet's professor diagnoses her with Cluster B Antisocial Personality Disorder and the news spreads throughout campus, the world that she used to sail through with ease and grace turns hostile. Her emotionally stunted, sleep-deprived lab partner Penelope and high-strung roommate Kira are the only people who don't believe that Violet is a monster. What follows is an interview with the writers of Clusterfuck, Kemmer Kaswani-Cope and Logan Gilbert, talking about the process, the origin of this story, and the representation of mental illness and queer relationships in media. We hope you enjoy. So um, first first question, and we'll start with you, Kemmer, on, on this one for the, for the answer. How long have you been writing? Well, I have, Logan and I discussed our like origin stories uh, before we got on here. Um, and I kind of have two major milestones in my history. Um, the first written project that I remember doing and turning in to a teacher was essentially a fan fiction comic book based on hero clicks, which is like little battle figurines from like Marvel and DC and stuff. Um, and I made like, like they said, Infinity War was an ambitious crossover. My protagonist was like for sure Sauron, the like massive dragon thing. So, you know, I've really, I've been going hard since age seven. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the first thing that I remember really creating. Mm-hmm. And then in fourth grade, I got up in front of my whole class on like professions day where we were all supposed to talk about what we wanted to be when we grew up and three kids said they wanted to be president and I got up after them and said that I wanted to be a writer and my teacher snapped and said that that was just unrealistic even though three kids had said they wanted to be president and I was like okay message received this spite will fuel me for a minimum one decade and it did um but yeah that's I guess I've, I've really always wanted to do this I've really storytelling has always been just so much fun for me and so I'm I'm stuck here and I like it very much wonderful wonderful excellent uh Logan um yeah kind of a little bit the same um I remember the earliest thing that I remember writing is uh I think third grade a report on wolverines um, I think that was the year that the X-Men film came out. So I was very excited about Wolverine. And so I had like a scientific report with like little drawings about how much I like Wolverines. And I dedicated a whole section to like Wolverines and other media <laughs> just so I could talk about Wolverine from X-Men. And there was a section in there about how Wolverine's name is Logan. And did you know my name is also Logan? So really just kind of a way to plug X-Men. 
from there um, through my my teens and and into my twenties, I was writing like online role playing games on like a forum site. Um, ended up running this like Walking Dead style zombie game for like six years or so. Um, that was really fun. And then um, yeah, I went to uh, learn more about writing at film school where I met Kemmer. Um, Hello. We've been working on all sorts of things since then. Excellent. Well, that 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 goes ahead and answers the the, the next question I had, um, <laughs> which since I know that uh, the the two of you uh, came to this project pretty much as a writing team, have you always only written? collaboratively with each other or have either of you ever collaborated on uh, on something with somebody else and if if it if you have you know how how is that different from writing how did you find those experiences to be somehow the answer to that question of whether we've only worked together or with other people is yes to both um, <laughs> we, we, as a team, worked with another writer, a friend of ours from film school on a project um, a little while ago, a couple of years ago. Um, but otherwise, we've pretty much been, you know, squatted up. It's Logan and I share one single brain cell, so we really can't separate at this point. I, there, there, there you go. Uh, so, so, so Logan, since we have now, we have now discussed uh that that you you apparently only work with people you went to school with so <laughs> so give a plug to the film school you 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 all met at where where did you go to film school um yeah we went to the vancouver film school in uh in beautiful rainy vancouver um there was no sunshine there at the time <laughs> except for you <laughs> oh wow wow <laughs> We build each other up. It's what we do. That's yes. that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So now now Logan, you're from Canada originally. Mm -hmm. Yes, I uh, I grew up in southern Alberta in kind of a um kind of a farm town kind of area, mm -hmm. um like a couple hours north of the U.S. border. Um, I went I moved to Vancouver a few years ago um just to go to school mm -hmm. and then um really like the uh the climate in british columbia pacific northwest kind of weather rather than um alberta where it is cold and windy and snowy for most of the year um <laughs> so, so yeah I, i've kind of I, I, settled I, here I, i'm just a little confused since you said that there was no sun in vancouver and you moved there for the climate the, um, the rain is beautiful, Andrew. Okay, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a guy who moved from Florida to Chicago for the weather, so there you go. That, that was your choice, and you yeah, well, that. yeah. Well, I grew up in the Midwest. Look at me. I'm I I don't belong in the sunshine. Um, so, Kemmer, where where are you from originally? That you got that you went to. I mean, obviously, you went to Vancouver for film school, but where were you before you went to beautiful, rainy Vancouver? I honestly, Vancouver is so beautiful. Like, no shade on Vancouver. Well, there is a lot of shade there, but because so there's shade. no, there's so you much can't shade. wait. You can't have shade without sun. <laughs> it's it's gorgeous. I miss it every day. Okay. Um, I will go back someday. 
but as for where I am from originally, that question is very complicated, and I will distill the answer down to the Chicagoland area. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, my dad was in the Navy, so ah. he moved around a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I missed being born in Egypt by like two months, which would have been very cool. Instead, I was born in Hawaii. So boring. No, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but long story short, I was Chicago based, went to college in Philadelphia, um, then went to film school, applied there on an absolute whim. And then I moved to the Los Angeles area. And wow. Currently, yes. Currently a Burbank person. Oh, lovely, lovely Burbank. Yes. Excellent. Speaking of the sun herself. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Um, so is was was cluster was clusterfuck the first audio drama that the two of you have 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 written? Yeah, it's it's such a new format, and we were trying to come up with things that we could really represent in cool ways through sound only um the you know being from a film school background we learned how to you know tell stories with sound and pictures and words um and so it was super fun to learn how to adapt like uh you know because clusterfuck was a tv pilot um how to kind of turn that into uh, an audio drama in a really interesting way. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy just experimenting in different ways in stuff that I write. Um, I'm like an extremely visual person. Like, I have synesthesia. So like, if I hear music, I see it as colors. Like it's like every sense just becomes visual to me. Wow. And so this was a really interesting challenge to undertake. And having Logan as my partner on this was so helpful because sometimes I would write a line and he's like, we can't see that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We got to change it now. But it's, it's helpful to have a little perspective when you're intentionally blindfolding yourself while writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so t talk to me a little bit about the, 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 the process of collaboration. I mean, how did you go about splitting up the work what 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 does what is your what was that process what did that look like um so yeah over the f couple of years that we've been working together we've refined our our process into a i think very efficient kind of system we we work on a document together at the same time um Kemmer always types. Um, she has she takes ownership of our shared brain cell, the only one that we have, <laughs> and she types because otherwise um, we would spend the whole time just moving my commas to the right places and never actually get anything done. Yeah, I'm I'm the grammar bitch in this house, um, <laughs> which makes me the brain cell captain much of the time. <laughs> but we do we do all of our writing live together. Oh wow. Um, yeah, uh, Final Draft is the software that we use and it has a really convenient screen share function, which we don't use. Instead, we use Facebook screen share. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've, we've figured out that that is, it's a great way for both of us to like 
you know, be able to see what's going on and give feedback. Because um, basically the way that we've figured it out is that one of us will think up a line. We will speak it out loud to the other person. They will tweak it a little bit and then I'll write it down. And at that point we're on like draft three of that line. So it helps us really like, we get to like whittle down that original idea. Um, it's We tried doing the like kind of back and forth, like you write this act, I write this act. And it just, you know, we have more fun when we're writing together. And it's, you know, the brain cell needs both of us to work. So. There, there, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds it sounds a little like what you do is you almost create the, the script by almost acting it out with each other. Oh, very much so. We are a very table read heavy process. We'll often finish a scene and then go back and be like, okay, you read this character. I read this character. We'll see which lines, you know, feel like they're breaking the pace or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it is like a very interactive thing. Yeah. For sure. I, I annoy the hell out of my family because we'll go back and forth on a scene and read it and then read it again and then laugh our asses off and then read it again and then change it and then read it again. And my partner's just like, oh, I cannot listen to this anymore. Like, oh, you no. need to stop. <laughs> Christy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we have had sometimes on other projects, um, like we'll have like guest table readers, AKA Logan's family members. <laughs> and that is so much fun. <laughs> not, not for this project we didn't get any children involved in reading clusterfuck but, you know we do a lot of we write a lot of animated stuff um that's, that's, that's awesome. one of our shared area of interest so yeah awesome. uh yeah it was very it was very interesting i did a i did an interview for a, a radio show yesterday talking about all this stuff and the and the guy was sitting here going, so you've got this series, this series, this series, and cluster F word. And no, we like, didn't think about the marketing too well on that one. Yeah, I, I'm like, right, I forgot we can't say this on the radio. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so what what made you want to write this particular story? What 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 drew you to to telling this particular story? Um I, I can speak on this Go for it. first. Um, this was originally, um, I started this as a project in film school um, as we did this like pilot class and I came up with two ideas. One of them I had fleshed out, like I had like world building documents and like character charts and stuff. And then I was like, oh no, I need to bring a second idea to class. Um, sociopath who wants to be a therapist. And, my teacher was like, that one sounds really good. And I was like, okay, I Can guess I... I'll just, I ended up writing the other one too, but this one came out of a single sentence concept. Um, after that point, once I got into developing it, I was like, the, the reason that that kind of idea was in my mind in the first place was I have a lot of feelings about how mental health and mental illnesses are portrayed in media. And most of them are negative feelings because it's not done well. Mm -hmm. um, what often happens is uh, if a show addresses mental health in some way, usually a character like has depression for a few episodes and like no shade on addressing depression, that's super important. But what ends up happening is that if anything outside of that realm of like 
the more familiar like depression and anxiety gets addressed, it's done so in a very irresponsible and violent way. Um, you know, if you've got a villain in a movie, they've got multiple personality disorder, which like isn't even the name of that disorder anymore. Right. It's dissociative identity disorder. And like the, the fact that there's so many layers of irresponsibility to the point that things aren't even being called the right name is like, hmm, what are we like, what are there's so many people who deal with complex mental illnesses and complex mental health struggles. And what we're showing them in media is that like, we're, we're showing them that they are villains. And that's just, that's not right, you know? Like I myself have struggled with a whole boatload of different issues over the course of my life. And like the way that I see those things portrayed in media doesn't help at all. And I know several people who have dealt with personality disorders and, you know, different, different chronic ongoing things that can't be quote unquote cured. Mm -hmm. And those people don't deserve to be treated as bad guys just because their brain works a certain way. Like what, what I want to show in this story is like, it, what happens is it's either it's either super super stigmatized or infantilized you know certain mental illnesses like schizophrenia is often portrayed as this like hyper creative like oh these people have hallucinations of grand artistic works and then they create them and i'm like like i know someone who had schizophrenia and that is not what their experience was and mm -hmm it frustrates me to no end to see it doesn't frustrate me it makes me fucking furious to see things dealt with in such a poor manner um so with this show and the reason that i made it a dark comedy versus a gritty drama or like a romantic comedy like is because i want to show the reality of these things it's like it's not it's not something that destroys people's lives inherently. Sometimes it does. It's not something that overlaps with a person's identity to the point that it controls them. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you get to a point with a mental illness where you feel like you have your own little like evil Remy from Ratatouille controlling all of your actions. And that's really, really hard to deal with. And there's this very careful balance between taking responsibility for your actions when you're dealing with this kind of thing it's like on the one hand some people are like well nothing is my fault because i have this thing going on in my brain so it's all that thing's fault it's like a complete dissociation from a mental illness on the other hand some people conflate their personalities with their mental illnesses to the point that like it it destroys them and they lose themselves to it and like both of those are really hard spaces to exist in like I have lived in both of those things and it's incredibly hard to break out of and what I want to show in this story is that like there is there's you can go to both places and you can come back and you can like sometimes sometimes you don't have the same people in your life afterwards and that's the way that it is and sometimes all the time you end up being the one who has to change things. Like people have to want to change. Mm -hmm. And when you're in either of those spaces, that is the hardest thing to hear. 
Um, but the reason that specifically I wanted to bring some comedy elements to it is because like life has to be funny otherwise we're just gonna cry all the time and I don't know about you but I'm too pretty to cry all the time <laughs> um, well no, that has serious. never been a problem for me <laughs> that I've never been too pretty to cry but but I I I I definitely understand where where you're coming from I mean it, it's also easier I think for some people to hear um uh, things like what you, what it is you're trying to get across if there's comedy involved it helps Absolutely. break helps break the darkness up mm -hmm. as opposed to just beating people over the head with with you know dark yeah. and serious yeah. things i hate watching shows like that shows that are always like doom and gloom and sad it's just like i'm gonna watch this show and cry all day yeah, like I don't want this. <laughs> I, I, I've I've never understood. It's like, <laughs> so it's not, it's not fun for anybody. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that's one of the big pillars, and the other one is that I want to see more queer characters on television, and see more queer characters be allowed to be messy and do things and make choices and own their stories and own their lives. Like, God knows Violet doesn't listen to either of us when we try and give her directions. She's like, actually, I'm doing this now. And I'm like, okay, girl, <laughs> we will facilitate. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think that this, that's one of the really wonderful things about having, having read the scripts. Um, one of the really wonderful things about it is the fact that all of the relationships in the show are... They all have problems, but the, they 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 sort of swing away from that sort of uh, trope in in a lot of things where like all the queer relationships are tragic. God, don't get me started. I will scream about those tropes forever. Logan and I were just talking about this, like the barrier gaze thing, where a gay character has like one moment of romantic happiness and immediately dies. Yes. Like, <laughs> At this point, it's just hilarious when that's the writing choice that's made because it's so, it's just so messed up. Right. It and <laughs> and 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 that's one thing that I really I really like is that the the relationships in this show that are not heterosexual are almost are well or most of them. But the other thing is they're like in, to be clear. Yes. Yes. Are most of them, but. But they are also indistinguishable, really, from the heterosexual relationship that does exist. the 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 problems exist. the The problems that exist are all exactly the same. There's not There's not one where I, I didn't see a, a a relationship where they're like, "Oh, can this relationship even be allowed to exist because it's yeah. not it's not straight?" You know, which is usually the the quote unquote tragedy of queer relationships in in media whereas this one it's just like all of the same kind of bullshit that that goes that <laughs> that you've that you've sort of put put uh kira and and braxton through it, these are the same things that exist in the other relationship and so it's just showing exactly what you said relationships are messy yeah regardless uh, of who a disaster it, on this show yes i was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say there's there's not there's not a single person who has their shit together in this show. Which, oh, in, no. in, fair, in fairness, 
it, it, who does? Shannon. Uh, Shannon. 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 <laughs> but I, I do want to say something on that point briefly, which is that I, I do feel very strongly about writing queer stories that are not centered around homophobia because I'm bored with that. Thanks. Dealt with enough of that in my own lifetime. Just not in the mood anymore. You know, we don't need to traumatize the next generation of kids into thinking their lives are going to be horrible. Yeah. Right. But as far as I, I, I do think that it's, I, I don't write s- straight characters and gay characters the same because there is, there are queer sensibilities that mm-hmm. play into how those characters are written. You know, there's right. Violet will approach relationships differently right. because she is a woman who dates women and she, I don't know if she has baggage around that necessarily, but like it plays into her attitude for Mm -hmm. sure. She's deliberately twice as confident as she needs to be. Um, It's and Penelope is the opposite. She's a total mess when she sees a girl talk to her, you know? Yes. And both of those people are me. (laughs) (laughs) Logan's seen it. He's witnessed it. It's embarrassing as hell. So, so Logan, um, since since this apparently sprang from from a uh, as as Kimber pointed out is from a sort of last minute I have to have this for class and then got expanded upon. How did you come to? I, I mean, other than the fact that Kimber uh, has your brain cell uh, <laughs> and and thus may be your evil Remy, uh, but <laughs> but how? <laughs> look. Look, when you throw something like evil Remy from Ratatouille into the <laughs> universe, it needs to be used. Um, how how did how did you uh, get get into this particular uh, project, and and okay. and what is it that you what of you are you bringing? Uh, what what ideas of yours are you bringing into this? Um, yeah. So when I, you know, when I read this pilot initially like all of the ideas that Kemmer talked about, uh, about like, you know, queer representation, um, representation of people with mental illnesses, like mm-hmm. fundamental, I guess, her mission was very apparent in the, in the early draft of the script that I read. And it's still so strong in what we were able to put together. And I just like, um, I feel very strongly about like supporting that mission and and trying to do those things in media. Um, a lot of the things that I write are very focused on like representing queer characters doing cool things. So when I was little, like everything that was on TV was like you talked about earlier, you know, a sad story about a, a a person who is queer and has a bad time because of it. And it's like, no, I wanna I wanna put like a I wanna put like a queer teen in space to fight robots. Like that sounds fun. Like I wanna put a a, a queer person into a a university where she has to deal with some really bad shit and then comes out okay. Like it's not a result of her queerness that she's having a bad time. She's just a person who is queer who has a unique experience and is also you know kind of funny at the same time <laughs> thanks i'm glad you think our show is kind hey, of funny i don't it, there I don't are know. 
I don't want to oversell, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. It's Price all about managing nice. expectations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, the, 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 final, the final question I have for you is um, because this obviously takes place in a college setting. Um, so what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on campus? Start with Logan. No, uh, definitely start with Kemmer. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> never mind then. Kemmer. The weirdest thing that I've seen on campus is actually just like my my personal hero from my university days. There was a guy who would longboard. My my school had this massive hill that you had to walk up to get to classes every day if you lived on the one side of campus. So this guy would longboard uphill to his classes while wearing a bright yellow Pikachu onesie. That is, he wore it, to, if he had morning classes, he wore this onesie. I was like, you, I love this man. Like love of my life is Pikachu longboard man. I just, he was an icon. <laughs> wow, that is, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 see why, I see why you wanted me to start with Kemmer. Logan. Um, yeah. So, 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 uh, <laughs> all I can ask is what do you got to beat longboard Pikachu man, onesie man? Well, so I went to school twice. The first time I went to school, it was for plant science and nothing weird happened <laughs> in plant science school. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was plant, plant school. school. Like, there you, you know. go. But um, I guess when we were in Vancouver, um, one of the weirdest things I saw was uh, there was this one guy who had Cheetos in his beard. Um, not on purpose. On purpose. Yeah. What, like, on purpose? Like full, full Cheetos <laughs> in his beard. Not sure what they were doing there. Maybe he's just saving them for later. Um, he he just walked around with full is, Cheetos in his beard. He's just That's, like this is a very, very dear what? friend of ours whom we love very much, but there was an ongoing game to see how much stuff we could stick in his beard. <laughs> and it just got weirder and weirder and weirder and one time we just had the Cheetos. Oh. Okay, okay, so he wasn't the weird one. It was the, the, the you guys. You, you clearly are. It's like, so let's just stick things in this poor man's beard. Right. <laughs> I could be. So um, I want to thank both of you for taking the time to do this. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun, and I, I really do want to thank you. And thank you very much for 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 uh, sharing this story with us and letting us be a part of uh, helping to, to to tell it because it really is a. a a wonderful, wonderful story. Thanks for giving us yeah. a space to share it. It's been quite an adventure. Thanks for listening to this preview episode of Clusterfuck. If you're interested to find out more about this or any of our upcoming audio drama podcasts, check us out at eclectic-theater.com. And if you want to support this podcast, you can do so directly at redcircle.com slash shows slash clusterfuck. Well, cluster F-K. It is one of the seven words you can't say on the radio. 
Or you can check us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash EFCT, where your monthly pledge gets you access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content and sweet, sweet merchandise. Thanks again for listening. And remember, we're always here for you.